Hello, and welcome to this edition of Life's Tough, You Can Be Tougher. Our first podcast was about three months ago, and since we started, we've had an impressive selection of inspiring guests and plenty of free-flowing conversation. I'm Dustin Planholt, your host. This is a show about life and purpose. It's about the stories we all have. Everyone, when you think about it, has a story. Some stories may sound more riveting than others. That's to be expected. Not every story, after all, is the basis for a blockbuster movie or an HBO series. Yet when you think about your own story, the most important thing to consider is what you will do with it. Or, to put it another way, what will your legacy be? We're looking forward to another terrific show today with today's featured guest, Bill Moses. Bill was a co-founder of Kavita Kombucha. And more recently, he established Flying Embers, the maker of a hard style of kombucha. Bill's your guy if you want to talk about the benefits of drinking kombucha. Before we begin, I want to welcome a returning sponsor, the POI Institute. The POI Institute is a private, luxurious, holistic detox center located in gorgeous Cabo San Lucas on Mexico's Baja California Peninsula. POI offers safe, medically focused Ibogaine detox treatments for individuals suffering from a variety of addictions. Call the POI Institute at 833-POI-CABO. That's 833-POI-CABO. Or check out their website, poiibogaine.com. That's P-O-I-I-B-O-G-A-I-N-E.com. Be sure to tell them that Life's Tough sent you. Bill Moses is an American entrepreneur and investor specializing in the beverage industry. He is currently founder and CEO of Flying Embers, which is an alcoholic kombucha. In 2009, Bill was one of two co-founders of Kavita, a probiotic beverage company, my favorite drink. Bill expanded Kavita from a small regional brand to an international leader, selling to 20,000-plus retail locations across North America. In 2016, PepsiCo acquired Kavita for $220 million. Back in 2001, Bill founded Casa Barranca Organic Winery in Ojai, California. The winery is dedicated to minimizing its impact on the environment. It is committed to sustainable energy and farming methods. Casa Barranca has been recognized as the first certified USDA organic winery on California's central coast. The winery continues to produce its wines with sourced, certified organic grapes using biodynamic methods. The wines are handcrafted in a century-old underground stone winery, and the facility is solar-powered. Bill was born July 27, 1962, in Homestead, Pennsylvania. He graduated from the University of Virginia in 1985 and then began a career in finance and investment banking and into the beverage industry. Let's bring him on now, Bill Moses. Hey, Bill, it's great to have you on the show. Yeah, great to be here. Thank you. So I have my kombucha here with me. It is the raspberry lemon edition, and I presume you have a similar type of drink nearby? I do, actually. Lemon ginger. Le- lemon ginger. All right, man. That, that's a good one, too. I usually do the pineapple uh, in the morning, and then I switch it up a little bit. Good. All right. So let's talk about Flying Embers, uh, the company you started in fall of 2016. 
what was your intent in creating an organic hard kombucha? I mean, how did you see it fitting into the beverage market? Yeah, so you know, um, you know, when I was making the non-alk uh, Kavita, you know, we would work really hard to keep the alcohol out of it. It was naturally occurring, and I realized that you know, kombucha really is a fermented alcoholic beverage when you let it continue to ferment uh, in the tanks. And so I was looking around and watching this thing called hard seltzer all of a sudden become super popular, and I was watching and looking at all the trends where. People that were in the non-alcoholic space that were looking for healthier options or better for you options, low calorie with different sorts of functional ingredients in it, they were now in the alcohol space and they wanted the same thing in alcohol. Then we and we saw the Michelob uh, Ultra Lights or Michelob Lights uh, start to soar because people didn't want calories, people wanted lower alcohol, and then we saw this thing called hard seltzer come and take off. Again, no sugar added, low calorie, healthy, light, refreshing. So I said, ha, huh, one plus one equals two. Kombucha, which is... And you super. found a way. And I got to tell you, yeah. uh, kombucha was introduced to me this year, actually, one of our uh, one of our studio guests. So in 2019, I have now drink one to two per day. Before that, I tried it once before, and candidly, it tastes like, uh, I don't know, like dish soap or, I don't know, bath water. Right. I don't remember bath water tastes like anymore, but it didn't taste very good. You have a way of putting the best minds, the best team, or maybe it's your taste buds um, in, in the process. How do you find right. a way to do that when I had a bad experience and now I tell <laughs> listeners in 70 countries, I'm telling you, you got to try this. Yeah, no, so, so, you know, a lot of the kombucha manufacturers or, or home brewers uh, that are making it as best they can. But, you know, with, uh, with me and with the team I put together, a food scientist, microbiologist, uh, process engineers, we, we found, uh, we innovated a, a, an IP where we could make a super healthy, clean, great tasting kombucha without all the off flavors. So uh, it's just about trial and error and a lot of science that enabled us to make what we think is the best tasting kombucha in the world. I mean, it really is. It, it had never been done before. And that's the part that fascinates me about you, that you knew you could do it better. What fuels you? How did you find that drive? Uh, yeah, that's a great question. I mean, I think I think just every day, you know, I wake up, I, I, I just want to try to pursue excellence. Uh, I, I want to reach my highest potential. And it's just something that I, I don't know if I learned growing up in, uh, in, a, in a steel mill town, uh, a steel mill. Outside, of, mm. uh, outside of Pittsburgh, or whether it was something that I, I but, but something in me, whether my parents, something in me just says, I just want to do the best I can all the time. And I think that drive for frankly, perfection is what leaves me sleepless at nights trying to, you know, get the best out of everything all the time. You know, you can give more. So take me back to the early days in, uh, in Pennsylvania, where you, were you one of those who were out shoveling, uh, snow, oh, yeah. raking leaves or all, oh, always oh, working. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, if anybody uh, remembers the, the old days, of course, I'm showing my age. But in Homestead, Pennsylvania, it was uh, the, the the borough outside of Pittsburgh where all the United States steel was. And that's where my family worked. And so it was, uh, you know, it was a different it was a different kind of world than it is out here in California where I live now. But uh, but, you know, good, good old fashioned hard work uh, every day and having core values and is what I think helped uh, form who I am today. Yeah, and it sounds like you had a, a great family around you to, to hold you accountable to say, we, we know you can do more and not necessarily leave here, but we know that you've been built and your, your head has a Ferrari in it. Uh, and anything nice. that Bill puts his mind yeah. to, he can accomplish. Um, maybe so, but in this, I've been, I've been lucky so far in life. So the early days of Flying Members have an interesting story. 
I'm specifically referring to, I think uh, that you know, the one, the, the wildfire that threatened the existence yeah. of the company and the subsequent yeah. 1% for first responders. Tell me about this moment. Yeah, sure. So the Thomas Fire back in 2017 uh, hit uh, late 2017, early 18 hit uh, hit uh, hit uh, the Ventura uh, area and uh, my particular neighborhood up in the foothills where the where the winery and the brewery was and where we were making it was evacuated. Uh, my my wife and my two kids were evacuated. The fire department came, wanted us to evacuate. The police came, but you know uh, myself and a few other dedicated. Um, uh, co-workers uh, stayed back and we ended up uh, getting fire ready and then we ended up uh, you know frankly getting help and teaming with uh, with the with the with the fire departments where they actually set up uh, sort of camp uh, on the property and under lights and everything we you know, we went. We stayed and and frankly fought the fire in the hot spots that were blowing. The the, the winds were blowing when I, I live in the foothills and the mountains around us just Man. caught on fire. And I was watching. Gosh, it's like the a movie. Fly, watching the embers fly, burning up the mountain. And they had expected that the flow of the fire was going to come right down in on my neighborhood, on down into town, and uh, the winds. Thankfully, turned um, and we got a lot of hot spots, but we didn't burn up. Um, and at that moment in time. I realized that uh, that's the name of the brand, Flying Embers. And it hit you immediately right. saying, this is where we are at this moment in this chapter in our life. It's Flying that's Embers. Right. Right. Flying Embers. And you so. found fuel that day to say, all right, now we know what we got to call this thing. And now you can give everything you have to, to doing it. Uh, so Flying, yeah, and, and, yeah so, sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, and I think to that end, you know, I got, you know, for three, three state, state, uh, straight days and nights, day and night, we took night, night watch turn, me and my three buds, and the fire department, which also camped out to watch because the fires were breaking out everywhere, everywhere, even the hospitals. But what was interesting about that during that time, I just came to have so much reverence and respect for the first responders and the firefighters that I realized that you know I got to get back. And so you have uh, to give back. That's, that's, that's my purpose now with the, with this company. And that, brand. That, that, that's incredible. We had someone on our show, Dr. Douglas Craig, uh, about a month or so back, and he is a uh, police psychologist, forensic psychologist and first responder psychologist that he helps to deal with those that were there first, the ones that get all the trauma to shield you and I from uh, and what they go through and what the takeaways and how it affects them. Well, the rest of their lives, they, they can never unsee, they can never unhear uh, everything that they've been exposed to. So from me to you, I got to tell you, for the Dr. Craig's out there that they're looking, saying thank you for supporting that community. Yeah, well, it's a it's a it's a mutual thank you. I got to tell you, because without them, you know, they, we're all in harm's way way too often. We really are. It really is interesting. I was on a air uh, on a train back from New York City this past weekend, um, and we were stopped about an hour outside of New York. We're heading back to home base in Baltimore, and the train came to a, a screeching halt, and then we learned that we had hit somebody. And then I had to watch out of the out of the car window on my side as the first responders showed up. And here we're all thinking about how bad our day was. It was two hours, three hours of waiting on this train. I have two kids trying to shield them from what's happening. And the looks of the faces of the first responders, the police officers and the coroners, I go, it's all about perspective. Imagine what they have to now work with and deal with. And they have to put on um, the best face for those of us to keep us strong. So first responders is something that's very personal to the Life's Tough podcast, uh, something that I learned last week. So to know that you're supporting them, uh, I got to tell you, we're going to do everything we can to help support uh, Flying Embers around the world. Uh, thank you, man. Appreciate that. 
flying embers is fermented with adaptogens. I think I said it right. What is an adaptogen? Yeah, an adaptogen is, uh, it's, so frankly, it's a, it's a root. Uh, most of them are roots. So I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, turmeric, um, ashwagandha, ginger, Astragalus. These are these are um, you know these are these are different roots that you make in food or uh, you'll see in some sort of um, herb uh, uh, sort of healing natural remedy. And basically, these adaptogens go into your body and they basically seek out uh, so they they basically help you with cellular stress. So wherever you have a stress point in your body. Let's just say you have an ache in your shoulder. Uh, turmeric, which many heard, will actually yeah. go to that site-specific spot and actually alleviate the discomfort um, in a way so that you don't have that. So any stress point in your body, uh, and this really comes down to sort of like cellular uh, sort of um, uh, illness, uh, the adaptogens, these old medicinal roots that are ancient in their sort of usage from the different uh, people from around the world over many, many thousands of years is now something that today modern scientists then are saying, hey, this stuff is actually good for you. And so we actually ferment with that so that it actually becomes part of our drink. Do you realize how much information you have about helping people? I was writing down a question for myself for you that says, it's the passion in your voice that you truly want to help people around the world, that it's personal for you. It's empathy. I mean, to know about turmeric and what it's going to do to improve and, and the, the effects and, and when it was founded or, or when people started to use it, that you really want to give back. So this form of empathy, we talk to people from, from all walks, to all types of success around the planet, and not all of them have the level of empathy that you have. Is this something that you grew up with? Is this something that developed in your journey? Um, but I'd love to know about that. Yeah, no, thanks. You know, I've always been, I've always wanted to give back um, in, in different ways um, and in different businesses. And and I don't know. I mean, I feel like, look, if, if we're blessed and fortunate to, to have an advantage, then in anything, in knowledge, in, 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 in money, um, in, in leadership, then I think it's kind of incumbent on us, uh, those of us that are fortunate in that way, to kind of share it and spread it. Well said. Um, you know, so that's it's just something that seems to be a core value for me. Well, it, it shows with your career and what you've been able to do and the people that you brought with you along the way that it's never been about Bill Moses. You, It's that everything you give, you give everything you have, and you, you take others with you, and I find that to be incredibly uh, admirable. Um, when did you start your beverage industry experience? Like, how did you get into the organic winery business? And Yeah, no, that's, that's a great question. So I... Um, you know, I moved to California and, um, you know, I, I, I always, you know, I love, I love great wine. And I started doing some research about wine and I realized that a lot of wine is sprayed with a lot of pesticides and herbicides. And one thing that a lot of people don't know is that wine is, the wine grapes are never washed before it ends up in the bottle. They, they crush them, they step them, they press them, they destem them. And then it ends up in the bottle. And that's it. They're never lost. So all those chemicals and pesticides and stuff end up there. So I, when I learned that, I was like, you know what, man, I, I love wine. And I want to make a wine that, that I know is super clean, super healthy, and doesn't have any, you know, doesn't have anything in there that over time could potentially compromise my health. And that's when I set out the mission to make the first certified organic winery in the Central Coast and make wine that is verified, verifiably healthy, clean, that has all the good stuff in it and none of the bad stuff in it. And so that just because I wanted to drink something that was 
I don't know, just better for you than what was out there was what motivated me to, 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 to make the wine and, and ultimately disrupt. And, you know, one of my things I like to do is to, is to disrupt the big guys that are doing it a certain way by making something by a little guy that could be something different. So that's also a motivating factor. That, that must be um, quite motivating. Uh, and so getting involved in the wine business before that, you how did you get involved with kombucha? I mean, that's not something that well, everybody I mean, I, has had. Making, when, when, when did yeah, you start? So I'm making, making wine. I'm ferment. I, was, I learned fermentation. I was my own winemaker uh, before it got bigger where I had other people do it. And I was just really fascinated by different kinds of fermentations. And I, was, and I knew that this 2,000-year-old fermentation uh, elixir, quote-unquote kombucha, was something that was get, gaining popularity. Um, my co-founder was, uh, was, was, was making it in her home. And I said, let's see if we could make that in a way where we could commercialize it and make a lot of it and sell a lot of it. So she and I teamed up. And with my winemaking skills and her little bit of experience in making making the, the fermented beverage, we teamed and kind of developed it to a point where we sold it to Pepsi six years later. Gosh, what a story. And yeah. so but it was all it, all it all came out of the wine. I think the point is it all came from fermenting wine and that whole that whole brilliance and alchemy and magic of fermentation uh, really and science really and science. sort of. Yeah, it really intrigued me. Really, you know, it's really interesting. So how'd you do in school? Now back to, to science. Was this, did, you know, did, were you good at I mean, it? You know, I was a science guy. You know, I, I loved I loved biology. But but ultimately, you know, I mean, I was, uh, I mean, in college, I played a lot of sports. And that was like, that was, you know, I love to compete. So I think there's a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a competitiveness in me for sure. Yeah, know, for I, sure. I was going to say, most people, they, they sell a company, the, the one that you sold, and they go, all right, I'm gonna just going to go enjoy and do what, anything I want to do that doesn't require board meetings and stress and yeah, it's really interesting how do yeah, you keep yeah. in it man like where do you find the well, fuel to keep going no, I mean, it's, real, it's a great question you know you know i'm i'm, I'm, I'm 56 and i'm like and everyone's saying like how come you didn't just go to the beach and hang out I was yeah, like, you still you got know, your I mojo know. well done i was like man i was like man i, I mean this this whole the alcohol i mean alcohol industry no one's really done anything that is frankly you know uh worthy of of something that that, that that can kind of be something different and disruptive and maybe a little bit better for you and why not feel good and feel well at the same time why not why not catch a little bit of a of a, of a high vibrational buzz <laughs> yeah we were talking about that before the show i go wish that kombucha had a little something in it and at the same time, not and and know that you're not, you know, you're not, you know, that it's that it's, like it's better for you than anything <laughs> yeah. else out there. So I, I, I thought that was an interesting proposition. Yeah, well, it's a good prop, and and I like it. So everything you've learned and, and you're applying today uh, for for flying embers. What were the greatest things in your career that you were able to bring with you, and what are the things that man, I, I didn't do this again because it just didn't work. Well, I mean, I think the the, the I think the, the the biggest thing was was sort of the, the struggles I've had uh, in business and in finance. I mean, I think the first thing that I really really wanted to hone in on was making sure that the the, the product and the product margins were there. So you know, so finding a way to uh, ensure that the economics. And, you know, so I worked on I worked on Wall Street, and I I, you know, I did I did that thing for a while. I, I think the thing that it really taught me was 
was that whatever your passion or love is, it's got to be financially sustainable. There's a lot of us that want to go out there and make something and do something, but they don't unfortunately have the orientation or education that economics and 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 and, and finance are important. So I think I came into I came into um, the beverage space with a background of understanding that it's got to be able to make money in order for it to survive. And I think that was probably the, the best uh, and most valuable, um, I think, um, thing that I knew at the time. And relieving stress. You, you just named some very stressful industries, stressful careers, beverage industry, at least in the beginning, probably still is, has its moments. Oh, yeah. yeah how, how do you find it? We, we talk to people who run, they go bodybuild, they, they go climb mountains. How does Bill relieve stress? That's a great question. Um, so, you know, I bike, I hike. I have a. I live in the foothills, so there's trails that go up to the Los Padres National Forest. Hey, I go to the gym. Sometimes I don't have time. I go to the gym. I do the pre-core. I do the stairmaster. I do um, core training. You know, I I do those planks for way too long a time. And so the bottom line is, three days a week, I make sure that I'm doing something for myself. And then the other, let's say, four days a week. I've got uh, an 11-year-old and a 13-year-old, boys, two boys. Yeah, that, good ages. That, 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 that run me around. That yeah, run me around. So busy dudes. Yeah. And, and so as a CEO of a company, and there's people around the world that are going to listen in, uh, people complain about not being able to find time in their day, not finding that minute. What is an email? What does a typical day for you look like and the number of emails you get or voicemails you get? Yeah, that's a great question. So I get up, you know, I, I, I go to bed early with the kids. I get up at 4. And at four o'clock, first thing I, you know, I, I go and I make my breakfast, you know, make my coffee and, and I'm online and I, I, I clear my inbox, let's just say by 5 a.m. And then by 530, I'm either, you know, I'm either hiking, I'm biking, you know, it's at dawn, it's 545, it's dawn out here. Yeah. I'm hiking, I'm hiking. And if I, if I don't have time for a full hour and a half hike or bike or whatever it might be, I'll run down to the, to the gym and I'll get 30 minutes on the, on the pre-course gym, whatever, come back, shower and off to work. I go. And, and that's, that's my schedule. That's Before, your, that's your schedule. It, you got it. You got it. I think most people, once they get at work and they get their mind going and they got a million things going on, by the time they get home, the last thing they want to do is go put on their, their, their shoes, their tennis shoes and their sweatpants and go work out. So I think the best recommend, the best recommendation is you got to do it before your day gets going. And let me tell you something. My mind is so much clearer after I sweat for 20 minutes or 30 minutes or an hour, whatever it might be going into work. I can handle a lot more. I can do a lot more than, than if I don't do it. So it's been, it's been a, an important part of my regiment. Now, and is kombucha, is that a part of breakfast, lunch, dinner, or how, how often do you drink one? Yeah, no, I say, you know, probably I'll do, I'll do, I'll do, I'll do the non-elk uh, Kavita kombucha probably one a day. I'll probably start mid afternoon, you know, lunchtime, uh, you know, uh, that's when it kicks in. Bottle. Yeah. So yeah. And then, and then, you know, it's at nighttime, if it's uh if it's a, if it's a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday night, sometimes Thursday, I'll have a hard kombucha. I'll have another four and a half percent alcohol. So it's like a it's like a light beer. I'll drink one, maybe two, depending upon who I'm with and what dinner I have, so that um, so that I could get a little, I could I could relieve some stress from the day and yeah. and uh, have some fun. So yeah. Well, thanks for sharing. That allows everybody to know that. That someone like you at your success and where you are, you still push yourself each day and 4 a.m. it begins and 5.30 out for your workout. And then you are giving everything you have 
uh, towards your career and towards the thing that others are now following you into. Uh, yeah. So talk about your connections with other good for you food items and beverages. Well, so, you know, I'm, I'm very involved with some other companies. Um, you know, uh, there's a, um, a company called Wild uh, Chips, which is basically a protein like potato chip that is made from uh, you know, all natural chicken breast. And it's like amazing. And they're starting. Uh, they're, they're, it's, it's, it's like it's like 10 grams of protein. And my kids, Man. they love it. They love potato chips. And sometimes they're like, oh, I don't need a bag of potato chips. But now I give them the wild chips and they're getting protein they're getting healthy protein while they're snacking so that that's that's one company that that's a, a cool company of, yeah that, that i'm behind and i'm sitting on the board and, I, and the founders are good friends and so that's great and then you know i got a company another company called uh, uh yuga which is basically it's a it's a it's a plant-based uh i would say yogurt superfood uh alternative and that's basically it's got you know coconut cream it's got grounded chia seeds it's got all this other great stuff it's creamy it tastes great and it's got like like very low amounts of sugar it's got all these probiotics in it so if if you if you can't do dairy and a lot of people are lactose intolerant or whatever they don't want to support the the dairy industry or the cows or whatever their particular issue might be and there's a big trend right now with plant-based stuff uh, they're they're loving the yuga, um, so that's um, that's another one that's uh, that's really doing well. Yeah, also sounds like a really great company. Right, right. And the other one I'm is I, and then I got a I got a, a plant based protein drink called Koya, and Koya is uh, you know basically plant based protein. It uses hemp and and almond uh, uh, you know to make the protein, and it's like a smoothie, and it's you know it's low in sugar, it's healthy, it's got all this stuff in it, and you know we we put out a line that's got you know also you know a variety of functional ingredients, and and that's exciting. And then the final one that <clears throat> that keeps me busy is a company called Iconic. Uh, protein drink and again you know it's all about protein as you can tell in my life you know protein protein yeah. protein is that um and yeah that's a that's a that's a grass-fed uh dairy-based protein drink all the the the, the protein comes from ireland and these mom paw you know farmers that have their own cows they do their own milk and it's really great because that's you know so we support the small the small farmer and um and it's, and it's grass-fed, so it's all healthy. It's not like the, the cows are held in these big, and there's no antibiotics in or anything. And it's, uh, it's a traditional protein drink with all sorts of good things like matcha, green tea, or turmeric, another adaptogen. There's one in one. And, and, you know, so that's the other. So I stay pretty busy with these yeah, That other, is a very busy other. schedule. And how do you know when to get involved with some of these companies? Like, well, the, well, first, the, first thing, the first thing is you know, I, I, everybody's knocking on my door all the time. first thing is, is, the, is the entrepreneur um, – cut off for the job does he is he is he or she some someone that is you know super what i i need to know that they're when they pitch their tent they're gonna they're gonna live in it no matter what storm hits them and so that old they're gonna pitch their tent they're gonna hang in there they're gonna fight to the end they're not gonna quit every time the weather goes bad they're gonna hang out there that's the most important thing. The character of the entrepreneur is the number one thing. Yeah. And the second thing is, second thing is, is a pick in it is, you know, it, are they in a category uh, where the tide is rising? You want to be part of rising tides. In other words, what is, what category is, what's the category's growth overall? 
And if the category growth overall is rising and we've got a winning entrepreneur who's innovating, innovating, so it's got to be innovative too, then they're going to be part of an overall tide that's rising and, 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 you know, all ships rise in a rising tide. So if we're one of the ships and the tide is rising and we're doing our job, we're going to benefit and grow from it. So those are the three things. Great entrepreneur, great innovation, and a great category that has a rising tide where it's, where it's growth oriented. Boy, that's, that's powerful, powerful message to, to push out. Um, and so the industry in right now, in terms of investing, would you step out of the food and beverage or like this is more of a, if Shark Tank made the offer, would you go on the show? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, of course I would. I mean, I, I do, I do some investing outside of it. That's my wheelhouse. You know, I mean, I think anything that's a consumer packaged good CPG, you know, if it's a, if it's clothing, uh, I've, I've dabbled there. If it's uh, different kind of wares, uh, you know, I do that. Um, wearable electronics. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, but yeah, you got for your sure. hand in everything. Yeah, and, for sure. But my, yeah. And, and so when they were pitching to you and we had uh, the CEO founder of Bombus Apparel, on who had to pitch back to the Sharks uh, a couple of seasons back. Uh, when people come in and give you their presentation, uh, talk to our listeners around the world, that those that are looking to raise capital or to bring in a partner, um, how do they earn your respect? What, what do they have to do and how can they prepare for something that's life-changing? Well, first off is they, they need to know that the market that they're in, they need to have details on the market. The size of the prize needs to be clearly identified, okay? Okay. Once they once they identify the size of the prize and that it, and that, that 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 category is a growth category, I then want to know how their particular product fits within that category. How is it disruptive? What makes it different? Why would someone want their product versus all the others out there? So they really need to they really need to understand that value proposition, quote unquote. What is their value proposition? And then once you get sold on, okay, you got something different, then you want to look at it and say, okay. What are the unit economics? Does this thing have what's called the gross profit margin? Can it make enough money uh, ultimately to sustain its own growth? Is it sustainable? So they need to understand those the, the unit economics so that as you scale it, you know the business can be the, – the sales can refuel the growth. And I think the third thing is, you know, you got to make sure the person uh, is um, – you know, someone that um, can lead and will survive the test of time and all the challenges that are going to be at them. And you could pretty much get that after about 20, 20, 30 minute conversation with someone. You could read them pretty well to know, you know, what they're made out of. First impressions or lasting impressions when it comes to business and entrepreneurs. Well, wow, that's well said. Well, I will tell you, if Shark Tank is looking for guests, I will be putting your name into a number of their people because we know some people on the show. Cool. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, and consumers, what there is today, what do you see in the future? What's this thing going to look like in the beverage industry? Well, I think consumers overall are um, they're a lot more educated. You know, with social media, with everything that's available online, like like the consumer the it's the consumer is going to know all things all the time about uh, you know uh, and, and I think the consumer is going to be much more picky and they're really going to look for authenticity and they definitely want to see purpose you know if there's a choice between a 199 or a 209 item the company that has an authentic product, that has purpose behind it is gonna is what the millennial shopper is looking for. 
They want to believe in something. They want to be part of something. And unless you represent that in some way to them, you're just going to be another Me Too product that's got no chance of you're being right. their respect. And organic is incredibly overused. So how do you define organic when it's used too often? That's a good question. You know, it's kind of thrown around there a lot. I mean, you know, I, since I have products that are certified organic, I know that I know the, you know, how uh, difficult it is, how they have to look at your, you know, what you're buying. They have to see all the certificates. They do inspections. So I think with organic, what what you're conveying is that there's a certain quality of product that ensures that for the most part, um, it's it's clean. Uh, and that there isn't anything in there that we might find five or 10 years ago, like aspartame or something that's going to, that's going to harm your health or, or the health of your child or your, your son or daughter. So, so I think it's just one small piece of a mosaic that delivers trust to the buyer, to the consumer. Today, the millennials want to trust that what you're selling them isn't going to hurt them, let alone believe that what you're selling them is going to be better for you, for them. So all that goes into, um, you know, to a product and to a communication plan that has purpose that ultimately a consumer would say, I choose you. Uh, and that's what we try to do. Well, you've created a brand and you are absolutely a brand disruptor. I know we've taken a lot of your time today. Well, one final question in your journey or on your travels or in your life, who was the toughest person or the, or who was the toughest person that you've ever known? Who helped you along your way? Hmm. That's a good question. It could be a couple uh, of them too. And we have people yeah, say so they could be one, two, three. I would, say, I, would say, I would say first off my father, uh, he was the toughest and he helped me out the most. Um, you know, he was uh, old school for sure. Um, and, um, and I guess the, uh, you know, the other person that I think probably had the most amount of influence on me was, uh, was, a, was a, a, a very old Croatian beekeeper, uh, Mirko Basic, who lived, who was a neighbor of mine, passed away a few years ago, and he taught me how to do beekeeping on my property. And that, that and he was from Croatia, from Croatia, and he was an immigrant, and he was very, very demanding on how I handled the bees that he taught me, the apiary. And I could tell you, he was unforgiving Anytime I tried to cut a corner and yet at the same time, he was very loving of nature and all things around. And so that was, a, that was another whole level of, and, and there was a lot of learning there as well. These are some pretty powerful moments in your life for you to be able to quickly think off the top of your head that Bill's dad and uh, this Croatian beekeeper named Mariko, uh, that's taught you, taught you a lot to get you to this spot to say, I don't quit. I don't give up. And when I'm around bees, I don't swing at them. I don't cut corners. There's no corners being cut in my world. That's important, too. There's no, no shortcuts. No, no, no shortcuts. So that wraps up our show for today. Thanks again to Bill Moses for making this another outstanding episode of our Life's Tough podcast. And thanks to you, our amazing audience, for making the Life's Tough podcast one of the most relevant and engaging shows around the world. Also, special thanks to my dear friend, Gerald Levin, Life's Tough Chief Writer and my Sherpa, and a special thanks to Mr. John Miller from Alston Carlisle Studios. You already know life is tough, and running your own business is tougher. You need a financial planner who's tougher. Carl Grund is a financial planner who helps small business owners navigate the market and grow their business through financial strategies. Give Carl a call at 703 
703-287-7128. That's 703-287-7128. Or send an email to cgrund at sfpfinancial.com. That's cgrund at sfpfinancial.com. To learn how Carl can help you get tough on business. Securities and advisory services offered through Royal Alliance Associates, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. The stories we all hear are as varied as the people who tell them. It's impossible to discount the impact of any one singular experience. Instead, I ask you to use your story to empower others. Your story may be just what it takes to help somebody in your circle, or perhaps in our community, to get through a tipping point moment. At instance in which that person either chooses to continue to be a victim or when that person finds the strength to transcend a particular situation. Please subscribe to our show, visit lifestuff.com, and be sure to join us every week for a new, stimulating hour of heartfelt discussion. Remember, everyone has a story, and every story has a purpose. Life's tough, you can be tougher. Thanks for listening, and have a great week. And for the entire Life's Tough team, this is Dustin Planhold signing off. Remember, life's tough, but Bill Moses' father was tougher. Take care, everybody.